welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and trials and see delight in a world that at times can seem somewhat gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way with the belief that to understand delight, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours we are given a gift to find light which leads to our greatest delights? Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, uh, Come Towards Delight. We are fortunate enough to have Mr. Jared Smith with us today. Um, I'm really excited because Jared actually was somebody that was referred to us by somebody I've had on a past episode uh, by Jake Fulton. And Jared, I got to tell you, and I've mentioned this dude before, but as soon as we finished with Jake, he's like, I got a guy. I mean, we were, we were literally like, stop recording. And Jake's like, I got a guy. I know a guy you got to talk to. And his story is Awesome. And it's been a lot of fun. I obviously don't know you, don't have a past through or anything, but it's been really fun to, um, you, you've sent me some information about yourself. You've sent me one of the video clips from the news. I think it was KUTV mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that talked a little bit about your story. And, um, this is a, this is a neat, a neat story because it's a little bit different than some of the stories that we've had leading up to this point. And I think it's, I think it's going to be refreshing and kind of fun to, um, hear what you have to say and hear how what you've experienced has changed your life. So anyway, um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jared Smith, and we're pretty excited. So Jared, take it away and tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And thanks everyone for listening. I hope you uh, hope I'm able to say something that might uplift somebody and, and help you uh, throughout your day. Um, <clears throat> so I, I um, have four kids, uh, got married in 2004. Um, just grew up in Utah, just kind of the typical uh, Utah story. Grew up in Southern Utah in Cedar City. A uh, great place to live, a great place to grow up. And so my wife and I, my wife is uh, from northern Utah or Salt Lake. Isn't that the place with like one bowling alley? <laughs> I don't even know if that's still a bowling alley anymore. <laughs> they uh, probably have two now. That was yeah, you know, there. it's sad. When I grew up, they had a, a, a skating rink. That was yes. one of the funnest things. But now they don't have those anymore. Oh, that, I mean, they closed down. But yeah. not much to do there. But it's uh, we had a lot of fun um, growing up. I, I love growing up there. Um, anyway, so so coming back to it. So, uh, you know, we, we've settled here in Utah and live in a little uh, home over in Pleasant Grove. And that's kind of where my story happened is, is uh, serving in the young men's uh, in Pleasant Grove. We had, um, we, it was a super activity. So it was with the teachers and, and priests. And we've been planning this trip for such a long time. I mean, this is with the scouts, right? Yeah, this is more of a young men, yeah, okay. more of a young men activity. Um, and so we had, you know, one of the things that we were doing that I was looking forward to was, do, so was going fly fishing. So I've never been Ooh, fly fishing before. Yeah. And every, anyone that talks about fly fishing says, oh, you got to fly fish on the Green River. Yeah. The Green River is this beautiful river. Uh, when you um, raft down it, yeah. you can see the fish straight to the, I mean, you can see the bottom of the river. It's, yeah. it's an amazing, beautiful place. And so so I, gotta, I gotta pause you real quick. Uh, so you're from Cedar City and you've never fly fished. <laughs> no, I'm not much of a more now outdoors. In fact, some of my, you know, some of the people that I associate with at work and, and in our neighborhood, I've never hunted either. Yeah, really? And so, you know, I'm, I'm uh, less of a man than a lot of the people around Utah, but you know, know. That's, you know, that's how it is. I don't know, man. Some people can buy their meat at Costco. It's okay. <laughs> but so the only, fish, the only fly fishing experience I've ever had in my whole life was down in Cedar City. It was with an old mission buddy. And I'm going to tell, I'm not going to tell a fish story. I'm going to tell the truth. I caught a fish, my first time fly fishing. And it was seriously about three inches big. And I was like, yes, but I mean, I mean, gosh, that's a beautiful place down there. And yeah. I know there's a lot of good fishing down there. So anyway. Yeah. So I was excited. We got a lot of guys, uh, you know, our, um, 
our bishopric and the leadership that was that was going these guys are experienced they've been around they've, they've fished a long time so i was really excited yeah to learn from them and, fun and trip pick up some stuff. yeah and plus it was going to be you know my oldest son at the time was a deacon oh cool and so, so he, was, he, he wasn't going to be there yeah and so i was gonna be there without any kids and so uh -huh. i could just kind of enjoy just relax um, not have a lot of responsibility other yeah. than with the other with the young men and so i was really looking forward to this trip I yeah was looking forward to it for a long time hanging out with the guys yeah and, it, yeah and i love rafting i think sure. it's, i mean i've done it a couple of times and i think it's so fun I so you you'd actually done some rafting before yeah nothing serious i mean okay. again with the young men we go down to moab yeah. a couple times and um yeah so i i think rafting is fun I yeah rafted. and yeah. so i was super excited i thought this is gonna be great it's gonna be a great trip and you just have lots of fun and so yeah we, I mean, it was exciting i was excited to be there so we got there um, and it was one tell of, me tell me real quick how many how many boys did you have how many leaders and boys did you have all together do you yes, remember yes we probably had like six seven leaders and uh, i think about 14 to 16 young so men. you probably had what like three or four rafts maybe two three yeah we had two rafts carrying all the cargo so okay. we were gonna it was gonna be i mean it's gonna be awesome we're gonna sure. have all the cargo everything loaded up we're gonna float halfway down yeah you know everyone people that listen to know yeah they, they, i mean they know this oh yeah they know this section of the, yeah. of, the, of, the, of the river really really well so you float halfway down you like camp you camp okay. and then the next day you go and you float you know you float the rest of it sure it, it, total it takes probably uh, i think on a normal when the river when the river level is normal it probably yeah. takes about eight uh, okay eight ten hours to do and when you were there this time when you specifically went up was it was it high was it low yeah, it was kinda, super high because yeah. that year i guess they got a lot of snow it's a lot of snow melt so they they were releasing as much water as they possibly could from yeah. from the dam yeah. down the river to, in order to make room for capacity for the snow okay. melt. uh and so yeah the river was running super high I mean, like the, the trails that they have along the river were all yeah. underwater no kidding and so it, it was running really high really fast and yeah. really really cold okay so um actually the boys the, the boys did it we dropped them off and the boys they went down first and um, some of the boys and I stayed back um, just to let you know the boys go and have fun. Sure. And I actually stayed back with uh, a couple of the leaders and we waited down halfway because they were going to do it. It was going so fast. Yeah. That the section that normally takes it would normally take three or four hours. They did it in like an hour and a half. And oh it was, no kidding. It was really moving. The water wow. was really moving. Um, not, a, not it's not rough. There's not a lot of rapids yeah. there in that section. It was just so moving you weren't super fast. you weren't like nervous about the water. No, 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 no. just moving quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, okay. No, no. But you know, I'm not experienced. I'm not an experienced <laughs> guy. But you know, when I talked to as I told the story. The people that are experienced are like, oh, yeah, you guys went to a, a bad spot. Because it was so spot. high. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, they're like, oh, you do what you're not supposed to do when you raft, yeah. obviously. Did you, so now, now tell me, with the setup of this thing, did you guys have to go do like some pre-training? Did you guys have a guide with you at all or anything like that? No, it, was, it wasn't that conservative. We did have a guide. We have an experienced guy. Sure. That um, we did, took a couple of weeks training before we left. Okay. That, you know, he, he sat everyone down. He talked about how to do it. You yeah. know, what to do, what to look for. How to paddle through the rapids yeah. if you get on them and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and this is, I mean, looking back, I'm like, I should have paid more attention. I mean, <laughs> well, because I did what we weren't, what we weren't supposed to do. Yeah. Um, so we, we got into a bad spot. And what's sad to me is... Um, after this happened, like a week after this happened, there was this lady at work and she's older Yeah, and she's like, I, we go down that section every year with our grandkids, like, and have no problem. What's, and I'm like, what's wrong what's, with what's, you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no. So it's kind of an embarrassing story to tell, especially, you know, what I do for, for work is I'm a risk manager. And so I do, um, safety and training and make sure, you know, everyone's safe in their jobs. And yeah, so, so you didn't did manage this risk no, very well. No, okay. <laughs> did, did everything wrong that I wasn't supposed to do. Uh, so we started out, it was, I mean, it was great. We got there on like a, a Wednesday night Okay, and we uh, went out into the lake and just had fun the lake Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, we were going to go and do the, the river. Sure. So we got out Thursday morning. The boys went down one time uh, without the gear. Okay. And so just to let them go down and have fun, we loaded back up everything on the trailers, went to back to the top, and then we loaded all the gear. Uh, so oh, had, so you, you will go once... Like, so you went all the way down to that point. You turned around and came all the way back up to do it again? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the, the kids, uh, you know, the boys went down once uh, without any gear. Sure. And so then the, the second time we went down, we had all the gear loaded up okay. in the boats. And then we had, like, a, another gear boat. So heavier boats. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
Uh, we had three boats total. We were going down. Everything was fun. It was, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was super hot that day. Oh yeah. Um, but the water was cold. Yeah. Like, you put your feet in the water and it was like icy, icy. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't comfortable to be in the sure. water. Um, snow, the snow melts, man. Yeah. Well, plus that water's coming off the bottom yeah. of the bottom of the lake. Oh yeah. And so chilly. Yeah. We had fun. I mean, it was fun. You know, like it was just, there's super smooth. Like yeah. there's, no, there's not a lot of rapids on that section at all. Yeah. And so after like three or four miles, like we finally saw like a rapid, like, all right, we got to hit it. Let's paddle towards, sure. the, paddle like, towards, towards the rapid. The rap yeah, yeah. Like this will be fun. Like let's yeah. hit, let's hit this. And as we came up upon it, it was crazy. Um, you didn't see it when you're coming up upon it, but when you, as soon as we came up towards this thing, I was sitting in the back of the boat and I started seeing everybody lean back and went, this thing was a huge drop. Oh, it was like a four foot just drop. You're kidding. And so, yeah, we came up. Over so the you couldn't, like, as you're coming to it, you can't see, see the drop behind. Yeah. Huh? Was the water kind of shooting up in the front? It was just overflow. It was just kind of this, it was going so fast. Yeah. It wasn't really shooting. It was just kind of this flow. Oh my right? So it was like this four foot hole. And this is your first rapid you're coming up to. Yeah. So you're all excited. Yeah. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. And I see everyone lean back. And I was like, oh crap, this is a huge rapid, right? Yeah. So everyone that, first of all, everyone that uh, knows rafting, people are gonna listen to the story and think, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. That's what you're not supposed to do. Don't Magic go over risk. the top. Yeah. yeah. So we went up over the top of it. And as we came down, just the way the flows work and the way the hydraulics work with water, yeah. um, stopped right there. Actually got stuck oh. right there. And so um, we're, we're stuck there against this rock. And water's coming over the top of us. So I'm sitting in the back and water's just flowing over. So like you were in the over. back of the raft. Yeah. Okay. So water's coming up over us. Um, the raft's starting to fill with with water. Okay. Yeah. I'm seeing it in the gear starting, like all of our gear. Bubbling and, up. And, yeah. I'm thinking about our gear starting to float away. Oh, man. And the boys start bailing because, I mean, the water's just coming crazy sure, fast. The sure. water's moving super fast. They've got life jackets on. They're yeah, like, you know, yeah, we've got life jackets. Yeah. 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 And um, so they're bailing. And I lose, finally, eventually I lose buoyancy. Uh, I lose my gravity and I fall into the water. Uh, so I come to the water. So did you fall like? Face first, just straight in front of the boat, or where did you go? No, so the point, you know, I'm, the boat's facing forward, the raft is facing forward, and I'm sitting at the back of it. Yeah. And uh, as I come off of it, I come off in the back, which is, uh, again, not a good spot. Yeah, I was going to say, whoa. And so, uh, you know, when you get into water, and it's cold water, you kind of take a deep breath, oh, and yeah. you're trying to find Shock your way to the top. You, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I'm trying to find my way to the top, and I can't get to the top, and I'm like, what? Like, it took me forever to find the top of the water. Oh, I'm you're like, kidding. what is going on? No kidding. And so I, I get to the top, and I, and, and I, you know, swim to the top as hard as I can, and I... I catch it, come up and take, catch a breath and immediately get pulled right back down. No kidding. So how was the, for you at that point, the water's pretty deep then. I mean, if you're trying to come to the top, you're not able to find your foot, your feeding no. or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel the bottom. Um, you know, so there's probably a little bit of panic yeah. and shock. Sure. And, um, I just remember, you know, when you, you, you get into the water, like you, you dive into some water and you, you hold your breath <gasps> and you come to the top yeah. and, and, um, you know, you're able to kind of settle at the top. There's, yeah. there's no settling at the top. Because it pulled, you got a breath and pulled you and right back, back down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so then I fought to the, the, so I was fighting to get back to the top, get another breath of air. And I came up again and I was like, this is not, this is not good. Like oh. I keep getting dragged down. And so I'm, I come, came to the top and I'm yelling for help and I get sucked back down. So again. you, at that point you're starting to recognize. This yeah, this is, is not a good situation. Oh man. Yeah, it's not good. And, um, you know, I, I, it's amazing when you're in these situations, how many thoughts are able to go through your mind and how vividly I still remember. You actually like clearly thoughts. remember these thoughts going through your mind. Yeah. And one of the first thoughts I had was, I cannot believe that this is like, this is it. Yeah. Like 30 seconds ago. So it was that no problem. It was to that point where you literally had the thought, this is going to kill me. Yeah. And I thought, you know, when you get situations like that, where you know, if you, if you think about when you get in, in a bad situation, get lost or you need help or something and you, and you, you cry out, tell me father and say, him father, I need help. They help me. Like I have no way out of this situation. Yeah, desperate, right? And so, you know, then you start making problems. like, if I get out of this, I swear I'm going to be like the best person ever. And, and, um, you know, the, all those thoughts went through my head and at this, at the same time. So I'm, I'm trying to find to the, to the top, get to the top of the water. And, uh, you know, I, I come up for a few more breaths probably. 
<clears throat> and then I start recognizing like I'm I'm not I'm running out. I'm, I'm not getting out of this. And oh, man. and so then then there's just a, a ton of thoughts that just go through your head. And one of the the most vivid thoughts that I had at the time was you know my bishop who I love um, at the time just an absolutely amazing person. Um, I just had this image of him standing on my doorstep. And I, and I could picture him standing on my doorstep and mm. talking to my wife and telling yeah. her, you know, I, I didn't come home. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's also amazing too. I don't, I, I mean, I'd love to talk to other people that have had similar experiences because I, I knew that I wasn't getting out. Yeah. And there was a complete feeling of, of total peace. Really? I mean, I, I wasn't fearful. I wasn't frightened. I wasn't afraid. It was just like, it was almost just kind of a, a, a an acceptance of okay. this is how it is. And I was a little bit ambivalent. Like, I can't believe this is how I'm going to die. Yeah. Like this is the end. Yeah. And, um, you know, of all the things in life, like this is the one thing that I, that's going to get me. And so do you think like, so take me back to that moment for just a little bit longer. Um, how long do you think that lasted? Do you think it was like a minute? Yeah, it wasn't long. So, so I mean, you've got, it's almost, it's surreal. Like what you go through. So, so I've been in an accident, you know, my story a little bit when I was in my accident, I was immediately unconscious. I was, I was comatose at the scene. I don't remember anything. In fact, the week before that, I remember very few things and I hardly remember anything for like the next five weeks after that. My wife tells me, I remember the, the scores of the NBA games the night before, but, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> but um, that's amazing to me that um, it just, it just kind of, I am sure it's so different for everybody that goes through it. Right. But I've, I've kind of heard these stories before where like, you just kind of have that moment where you, you get to see some of the things and you, and you, you picture some of the things you're most grateful for and whatever, but to hear that for you, it kind of put you in that peaceful place. Also surprised, but peaceful place. That's pretty incredible. Anyway, keep going though. Yeah, so, it's not over. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like exhausted and helpless and there's no way out. Oh. And, um, you know, I, I had this last picture of my kids. I'm like, I, like I'm getting tired. Gotta try. And I'm like, I've got to do this for my kids. I, like I, I can't give up because yeah. you know, for my kids. Yeah. And so I, I remember just trying. I'm like, this is it. I've got to try one last time. And I, 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 I tried, and I don't even think I got to the top. And no then, kidding. You know, this thought is like, well, you can't breathe in water. Don't breathe in the water. You know, that, that's that's death. You but can't you, in the when water. you have no oxygen, yeah, in there's you, nothing you can do. Yeah, you suck it in. And so I just remember like that. That was my thought. Like this is, it. I've got to try one last time. And I remember, you know, breathing and taking a breath of water, and then uh, everything just went black. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was, it was a, a really peaceful calm feeling. I mean, I, I felt really bad. I felt sad for, for that. I wasn't going to see my kids again and not, and not be able to be there for them. Yeah. But I felt 100% at peace. Tell me, tell me real quick before we move on. How old were your kids at this point? So my kids were, um, probably like 11, eight, six. And, and then you had two. a fairly new one. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. a one and a half, two year old. So you had some young kids. Yeah. 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 yeah um, yeah, it was great. Kids. When you listen to this, you got a, you got a good dad. He was fighting for you. Don't ever forget that. That's pretty powerful. That's a special thing. Yeah. And so, you know, that was it. I just, it just went black. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And the next thing I remember was, um, I'm, I'm, I just, you know, kind of like when you have surgery or you get knocked out, you know, chemically. Kind of coming to. Coming to. Yeah. And, and your, your brain is more, your brain is conscious, even though you're, you're, it's almost like a subconscious. Like totally. You're, you're, you're not awake, but you can hear and you're aware of stuff. And I just remember people saying, Jared, come on, you got to get up. Jared, yeah. Jared, get up. You got to get up. And were they, were they excited because they saw you kind of responding? It wasn't excited. I was like, Jared, you, like you can't. Hey man. And I'm like, I'm like, just give me a minute. I'm yeah. here. Like, just give me a minute. And they're like, no, you got to But get you up. weren't moving your body saying, Hey guys, no. it's like more just all of a sudden you come to an awareness. Yeah. I remember to say, look, I'm like, just, I just need to sleep for a minute. They're like, sure. no, no, nope. You got to get up now. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm like, okay. And then they sat me up. Yeah. I still feel bad about this. Like <laughs> what my neighbor, um, 
he's a great guy. He's yeah. Like, I feel so bad because <laughs> he's, he's like, Jared, are you there? And I just remember opening my eyes and then I just Shut threw it. up. Oh, every, like, I mean, just like oh. everything yeah. Yeah, because probably because I took in so much. Water, oh yeah. You know? And so, well, plus the CPR that yeah. they did. And so, so yeah, you I had guess, CPR done on you to yeah. get to this point, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. of course I don't know it. And so the yeah. only thing I knew was, I mean, I just remember I, it was such a weird feeling because I just felt like what just happened. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just remember, you know, I, I mean, I knew that I was in this bad spot in the river. Sure. I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't know how long I was out for. Um, I just remember reading like, okay, now I'm here. And I would, had no energy at all. I couldn't, yeah. you know, so there's a scene uh, in, I think Mission Impossible 4 or 5 where Tom Cruise, like he gets, um, he drowns. And they bring him back with CPR. And then he like goes on this incredible motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, where's my bike? When I drowned. When I drowned. I couldn't even. I couldn't even move. It was so like I was exhausted. Like there was. I mean, it was the weirdest feeling. Sure. And when I finally got to the hospital, I remember asking the nurse. I'm like, what? Why can't I move? Yeah. And they're like, well, your body's just been through this traumatic experience. Like yeah. that's just you're exhausted. Oh yeah. Um. So there was these guys in a boat. This guy had this a river guide. A river tour guide okay and a couple of older gentlemen that they were there on, sure. the, on the shore with me and with everyone else okay and so they took me down the river so i'll tell you my side of the story then i'll tell you kind of what yeah I no, please that. that's awesome so they took me down the river and they're talking to me and these couple these older guys i mean they're probably in their 60s or 70s this is this is after the accident yeah so you're you're I'm back done. up, back up. Alert. You, and then these other guys are here they're like we gotta get you to the sh- we're gonna we're gonna get mm-hmm. down we're gonna take you to the hospital okay and so they, you know, they just kind of jet me. He had this boat. I'm not sure what kind of boat it is, but it, can it, we time out for a sec? Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to go back for just a sec. So you go under the water, right? Yep. What, what from in between that to when you woke up CPR after CPR, like what happened? Did, are, are you going to get there with this story or are you going to like, cause I don't want to miss that part. Yeah. Where, like what happened to your body? <laughs> so, I mean, that I know that I know of. Yeah. You know, that's what's like one of the most upsetting things to me is there was, for me, there was nothing. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. There was, there wasn't any, um, I didn't like float away and see my body. There was no out of body experience for me. But what happened to your body? Did you just start floating down the street? Like what? So I'll make it, I'll get back to that. Okay, cool, cool. Let me finish my second story first. So, um, so we're, so we're floating down. They're like, okay, we got to take you to the hospital. Sure. And I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm okay. I don't need the hospital. Even though like I couldn't even move. I was just exhausted. It was a weird feeling. And these guys are talking to me like they're kind of holding me up in the boat because I couldn't even stand. I couldn't sure. even sit there. And the guy's like, you know, trying to keep me awake. Yeah. He's like, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, <laughs> I said, I'm a risk manager, but I do not want to talk about that right <laughs> so now. So you're trying to crack jokes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. you know, like I was still mentally, I like everything it. was there. Yeah. And so we get to the, kind of down to the, the dock, the first dock that's there. And I, you know, I see my bishop and people, because they'd already come down. They didn't know what happened. So they, they'd come down. They were waiting for all the rest of us to come yeah. down. Yeah. These, you know, there's a couple other boats, and so they're waiting for us there. And they're, you know, they didn't know what was happening. They, they no see clue. me pull up with these random guys. Yeah, yeah. And and, um, and I, right as soon as I got there, that they had an ambulance there, and like five minutes later, a lifelight came. No kidding. It, it dropped down, and um, mm-hmm. you know the EMTs are kind of taking my vitals, and I'm like, what's the, like, what's the big deal? I'm fine, guys. Yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. I heard them talking about going on a lifelight. I'm like, there's no way I'm going on a lifelight. Yeah. Like, I think I can still finish out this trip. Sure. Right? I'm gonna let go me go back. fly fish, man. Let me, let me just go sleep <laughs> back in, in the tent. I'll be okay. I got to get my man card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was just such a weird feeling. And, uh, you know, they're taking my vitals. And I didn't know the seriousness of anything that had happened. Sure. I just thought, you know, I, I took in a little bit of water and that was no big deal. Yeah. I didn't even know they did CPR yeah. on me. Right. And so, anyway, so Life Flight came and I was like, I wonder if I could tell them no once they're here. Yeah. But anyways, I... I you know, I went along with it. They said, no, we got, you got to go to the hospital. We got to get you to the hospital. So you were oblivious to what happened yeah, the yeah. rest of the way. Okay. Yeah. This is awesome. And so I, I get to the, well, so, so I'm waiting there with the EMTs and then the, the other guys in their boat came down Yeah. 
and and they're like, dude, you you drowned. Yeah. And I had like no idea. I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm here. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. No big deal. They're like, no, you you were like dead. Jeez. And um, <laughs> so then the, then the helicopter comes. They take me away in the helicopter, and you know I'm flying there. And then you know, of course, my thoughts are going to my like my family. Yeah. And they're like, hey, do you want us to call your wife and tell her? I'm like, no. Yeah. Like I do not want. To call my wife from a life flight helicopter. Don't cause a panic right <laughs> yes. now, right? And like, are you sure you don't want us to call your wife? I'm yeah. sure she wants to know. And yeah. I'm like, no. I'll call yeah. her when I get to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I found out later, like as soon as the life flight took off, uh, my bishop called my called. wife. Yeah. And so, she, you know, that experience for her, she still remembers exactly where she was. And yeah. She was in line at Cafe Rio with our kids. Oh. And, and, you know, it's kind of spotty reception, not very good reception. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I didn't want to call her because I wasn't, I didn't want her to like just get bits and pieces. Like, yeah. I wanted her to know like, hey, everything is and, fine. And for it to be in your voice, right? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. okay, this is what happened. But he called her and I'm glad he did. <clears throat> sure. He called her and it was kind of good, spotty. Good bishop, man. And so he's, she's sitting in line, you know, trying to corral all our kids. Yeah. You know, she's got this little like kind he's of. He's on a life flight. Yeah, everything just knew everything's fine. Yeah, Jared's on a life flight, and she's she's kind of thought like there was an accident. Yeah. She's like there was an accident, something happened, but 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 Jared's fine, and she's like, what What are you talking about? So it's not about a kid that Jared's yeah. helping. It's about Jared. So she's just kind of listening and, and not yeah. really paying attention. She's like, yeah. wait, what? And they're like, yeah, Jared's on the way to the hospital. So uh. then she's um, you know, gathers all the kids and and uh, goes. So I, I they flew me to IMC up in Murray. Yeah, and um, it was, the big one on State Street up in yeah, Murray, yep, Salt yeah. Valley. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was great. I mean, it was I've never been on a helicopter before, so that was my <laughs> helicopter experience. And uh, so they gave me they gave me in the ER, and you know they're working on me. Yeah, and you know kind of run their tests and do everything. And um, after so then my wife came in, and I hadn't even called her at that point. I didn't know that she knew. Sure. So she walked in and she's like, "What is going on?" Yeah. And I and I didn't really know exactly what had happened. Yeah. Was she emotional at all? Like she just. Had no idea what was going yeah, on. And yeah, I think for her it was weird because I, I mean I've never been in the hospital. I've never sure. been sick. I've never had any problems at all. And so she's like, "It's caught off real guard. to see you here." Just totally caught off guard. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of this moment of reality of like, "Hey, yeah, things bad things can happen yeah. to you. Life and, can be fragile." Yeah, in an instant. So you know, she kind of sat with me. You know, we went and then uh, we went to. So that, uh, after the emergency room, I'm kind of like, "Okay, can I like let me go home? Like, let me just go home. Yeah, I'm okay." And they came in. They said, "No, we need to keep you overnight." No kidding. Because we just want to make sure. And, and I'm always kind of skeptical of medical professionals, anyways. I mean, no offense to any medical professionals, but I'm always kind of skeptical. Like, of course, he's a risk need, manager. Of course, folks. you need to keep me overnight. <laughs> you're gonna charge me for all those warm blankets you're <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. No, no, I'm not with your time at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they said, "No, we're gonna keep you overnight." This, um, you know, you you had a pretty bad experience, and we want to make sure that there's no fluid in your lungs that could cause you know problems. So they knew more about what you'd gone through yeah. than you'd actually know. Yeah. Because they probably heard from the other guys like, holy what, cow. What happened, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. you just weren't aware of that yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so <clears throat> yeah, we, we went up and, and I, but I knew that I had drowned. Yeah. I knew that they had, I mean, but by that point I, had no, I know that they did CPR. Yeah. But, um, but that could mean a lot of things, right? Like you suck in water and then like one minute later they're doing CPR and yeah. you're okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But obviously it's a little bit different than that. Yeah. It was a little more yeah. uh, advanced than that. So we went to the, we went up to the like eighth floors of the cover, recovery room of the hospital. Sure. And the, um, the doctor made his rounds on now. By, by that time, it was about 9, 10 o'clock. And so the doctor's just making his rounds. And he's like, what? How come you're here? Yeah. He didn't know. Yeah. And so I said, well, I drowned. And he's like, did they do CPR? He's like, yeah, yeah they did CPR. He's like, it's, he's like, in all my years here, being in the recovery room, I've never had a drowning patient because they all end up in the ICU. No kidding. Yeah. And so, you know, <clears throat> by then I kind of knew that I was, um, you know, I was protected yeah. a little bit. And. When I when I got to the shore, you know, again my bishop who I uh, love and, and adore. Yeah. He, um, he had his his vial of oil with him, of course. Yeah. And he gave me they gave me a quick blessing there on the shore before I before I left uh, on the on the Life Light Hospital. Awesome. 
And so that was kind of the start of was like, you know, where the doctor's like, yeah, drowning patients don't end up in recovery. They end up in the ICU. Yeah. Uh, you know, ventilators yeah. because of the damage to their lungs. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, it was a cool experience, yeah. you know, the doctor. And so, you know, we went to sleep that night and then the next morning, I just remember, you know, almost first thing in the morning, my bishop's there. Yeah. You know, they, all the, they, they'd gotten back to camp after that. Sure. And no one had any desire to just oh. to do it. They're like, no ghost stories tonight. We're, we're done. Everybody like, okay. Love you. Yeah. So they, I mean, there was just kind of this, this, I feel bad. I felt really bad that the school trip ended on my expense, oh. but you know, they all, they all were like, yeah, we got to, we got to go back. I mean, you know, that's an unforgettable memory for the, for those boys and that Bishop as well, though. I mean, <clears throat> it's that, that's, it's sad that that's cut short, but man, you look at that mark in your life and you, as a, as an outsider looking in and seeing that happen to somebody and then hearing the story after, I mean, that's a, that's something they will never forget. And that'll strengthen them a lot. Yeah. I mean, I hope that it didn't, wasn't like this traumatizing experience. I mean, I would feel bad that if it was something where, you know, it, it shook them or, sure. or traumatized them. I, the thing that I'm most grateful for is that it happened to me and not one of them. Sure. I, mean, I don't know if I could have lived with myself if something oh, yeah. bad had happened to one oh, of the yeah. young men. Especially as a leader. Right? Yeah. 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 Do me, do me a favor real quick and go back to the blessing. Okay. Um, there's going to be some people that listen in on this podcast that don't really understand what a blessing in, in our faith is. And if you wouldn't mind, just give us like a real brief description of that, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, um, as members of our church, uh, we're given the priesthood and the priesthood, um, allows us the opportunity to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, we're given oil oftentimes to help those who are needed, in need of, of healing blessing. And so, um, my, the bishop, and it doesn't have to be the bishop. It can be anyone that has, that's worthy and has the priesthood and, you know, to act in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, these, these three, uh, brethren, they put their hands on my head there at the shore, just on the tailgate. It was kind of a weird way to have a blessing just on the tailgate of this, uh, or, um, ambulance. Yeah. And they, and they gave me a blessing and one of, you know, part of the blessing was that I would be healed and there'd be no, no adverse effects. And, um, so then you, then fast forward a little bit and you've got this doctor in there and he, and he literally says to you, I've never had, everybody ends up in the ICU. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah. And then, um, so the next morning, you know, almost first thing in the morning, the bishop's sitting there in his suit and tie, um, in my hospital room and he's got like a newspaper and he's talking to me and telling me like, you made the front page. Just kidding. No. <laughs> so yeah, he's kind of telling me, and I'm like, what do you, like, what happened? So he starts telling yeah. me, like, kind of what happened. Okay. So now you're getting the details. Now I'm getting the, and I'm like, oh, like, then it's starting to, like, come, like, I was really starting to grasp, yeah. like, how serious it was. Yeah. You know? Because <clears throat> you're, I mean, you, you wake up, you throw oh, I'm up, fine, you feel I'm bad fine. about yeah, throwing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, mentally, you're totally there. Your, your mind is not, is it a little foggy? No, not at all. You're there. Yeah. So you're kind of going, Guys, I'm okay. Like I, I just want to go home and I get you know get a milkshake on the way home. No, and no, no, not a big yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he, he's there and he starts telling me the story. And so I'll take I'll, I'll kind of go back now and start telling the story as I've heard it from yeah, these guys. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so after after we get stuck in this uh, the circular, as they call it, sure. Um, you know <clears> we can't move out of it. So of course we take on water. All the gear starts floating away. Um, there, there was, there's some people on the side I mean, it was, the, the green river is a busy river. There's a lot of people on the river that are recreating on the river and, and sure. floating it and fishing it. Sure. And so there was, there was kind of a, a lot of activity, not a ton of activity, but there was, you know, we passed some a couple there. boats and, yeah. and, and so this guy, um, this river guide, and, and I wish I could remember his name yeah. and these guys, cause they're the ones that, that really saved my life. Really? Um, they, they, he's this river guide, he's in a boat and he, he used to be a, I, I, after the accident, I talked to him a little yeah. bit and he used to be a river guide Yeah, and he's like, I know that that spot of the river is a bad spot in the river. I know that people get in trouble there. Sure. And so he's, they were about a hundred yards up and he was taking these two elderly guys 
uh, they were fly fishing. And he's like, looks like those guys are having a problem. Let's go see if we can help gather some. So he saw you guys kind of go over the rapid. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, he's, I think he saw some of the commotion kind of on sure. the banks. And so they, they come down in their boat and they're yelling at people on the side. You know, it's like, hey, you guys, everyone's okay. And, and they're like, yeah, they, everyone, all the boys are accounted for. We're yeah. good. <laughs> and so they, they didn't account for me. No way. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel, I don't blame them. I don't feel bad because the boys would be my biggest worry. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so they're, totally. know, they're kind of taking count. Of, yeah. I think and you've got, got, we got three everybody. or four leaders with you, yeah. right? So it's like, you're, you're all just kind of collecting yourselves. Not really. Yeah. yeah well, the so, boys are there. We're good. Yeah. Grown ups, good. Grown ups are fine. Of course. Yeah. And that's how I would be the too. The boys are going to make it. The men are going to make it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so they said, yeah, everything's fine. And so this guy's like, well, let's help you, you know, kind of gather some of your, your, um, you know, personal so stuff. So no rush, no panic. Just yeah. kind of like, Hey, let's help He's looking at stuff. He's looking at stuff. So he's kind of floating down the river, picking up you know, sleeping bags and stuff Holy that have floated cow. away. And he sees this blue thing floating in the river and he thinks it's a cooler because my life vest was blue. Oh my gosh. And so he's, he's like, hey, there's a cooler there in the water. And so he comes upon it and it wasn't a cooler, it was me. Oh my gosh. Face down, uh, totally face down in the water and just kind of floating down the river. Oh my gosh. And so... Had you floated very far? I don't know how far it was. I mean, yeah. said, it was, said it was probably a few hundred yards from where yeah. that spot was. No kidding. And so him and, him and these two elder guys, I have, I have no idea how these guys got me in their boat yeah. at all. So they, they pulled me in their boat and they start doing CPR on me okay. in the boat. Yeah. And then they come to the shore. They get me off off the boat onto the shore, and they keep doing CPR. And so everything that I've heard was the the guys in the boat were doing CPR for about um, you know it took them probably four or five minutes to find me. Sure. And then they started doing CPR for about another four or five minutes. Um, so you're underwater for at least four or five minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, plus the time that you're struggling, you're taking in water. Then, so I mean, yeah, anywhere from five to ten minutes, you've got you're you're, you're drowned. Yeah. Jeez. So, and, and this, this guy, he said, he's like, when we pulled you in the, he's like, we, we rolled you over, pulled you in the boat. He's like, you were totally blue. 100% no purple and blue. No kidding. And, um, so they started doing CPR. They, they worked on me for, you know, five, 10 minutes. They got me to the shore. They worked on me for another five, 10 minutes. And then, um, they said it took me probably another 40 minutes for me to start like coming around. No kidding. Yeah. So, so, so I started, I started breathing. Yeah. And then just small, shallow breaths at, at first. And then, you know, small movements. So it didn't fully come back. And it just never yeah, yeah, like gradually. Yeah, so for when, how long till you first started breathing a little bit? So they said probably 10, 12 minutes before I, mean, I started, before I took a breath. And and that's, you wreaks havoc on a brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Yeah, like, so again, that's kind of what, you know, uh, I had a follow up with my doctor after, you know, we, they released me from the hospital and they're like, you know, do you just want to follow up with your family doctor in like a week to make yeah. sure there's no, there's no problems. Yeah. And uh, I talked to him. So when I went and met with my family doctor about a week after, I told him like everything that happened and how yeah. long I was out for. And he and he looked at me. He's like, you know, you start going brain dead after like four or five minutes. Like it, it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot, yeah, especially when the water's that cold too. I'm sure it like kind of makes the body shut down even quicker, right? And if I think that's and I think that's kind of what they attributed yeah. it to is like, hey, you know, the water was so cold that I think it kind of helped preserve. Oh, that was a good thing. Yeah, it was okay. a good thing. Help like on ice or something. Yeah, right? yeah, it kind of slowed down the the, yeah. the dying process probably. Yeah. So. Um, but then, so as I, as I've talked to my doctors, okay, so let me just, let me just finish this. Yeah. So they get me in, they work on me. They took me about um, 40 minutes and, and, um, the leader that was, that I threw up on, yeah. uh, he said, he's like, I was so worried because you, you weren't coming around. So all these thoughts are going through his mind. He's like, is he brain dead? Yeah. Is he, is he, you know, mentally, is yeah. he going to be mentally, uh, deficient or, or, you know, have mental problems? Yeah. Is he gonna, is he gonna be able to, to move? Like what kind like what sure. kind of condition is he going to come back? What's in? his life going to be like? Yeah. And so he was really worried about that. And then he said, you know, once. I started kind of making little movements with my hands and my fingers. I, you know, I, I started at first. I started taking shallow breaths. I started taking small movements with my hands and fingers. And then um, after I said, 
After I said his name, I said, Jared, I'm, I'm fine. So you his recognized name is Jared. him. And he said, once I knew that you said that, then I knew that you were going to be okay. His brain's or that, okay. like everything's, yeah. you know, there. His memory's okay. I mean, I've always been a little bit short, but <laughs> now I can just use an excuse. It's yeah, like, right? Oh, hey, I hey, took out a lot of water, <laughs> took a lot of brain out. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So if my, you know, my wife gets mad at me That's for right. reading something, I can say, you know what, what's, I, I, I lost half my brain, yeah. I don't know. Well, you and I are a lot more similar than you realize because <laughs> traumatic brain injuries from my accident. And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. I'm sorry I got that wrong or I said that wrong. Traumatic brain injury. Like you, can't, <laughs> you can you, blame us on yeah. that. How awful of you to blame a guy that's had a traumatic brain injury, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, did you did you yeah. at that point did the guys that when when they found you and pulled you out into the raft like what what happened to all the leaders were they like oh my gosh yeah well most of them I think there was only one other leader in this boat with okay me. okay and the other guy I mean we were kind of close in rafts but then after we went over I think the other rafts went forward sure and then we're waiting for us to come sure and so so you know when I talked to my bishop my bishop said we were waiting down at this at the dock we were waiting for you guys to come. And we started hearing people coming down say, hey, call 911. We got, yeah. there was a guy that had a heart attack. And they're like, oh, it's some old guy that had a heart attack. <laughs> was they're waiting for us. They, they had no idea that we had you know, had this experience. Sure. Until, you know, I, I pulled up. Yeah. Uh, well, the guys in your boat didn't even know that yeah, you were gone yeah. until they found the blue cooler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but again, back to your point, for these boys, you know, we had a couple of boys that were less active and not really interested in church sure. type stuff. And we had some boys that um, are just coming back from missions now Yeah. that were, that were there. And uh, this one leader said, you know, all the boys, I was, I, you know, I gave you a blessing to, you know, when you were out to help you, to, you know, to get you up. And, and all the boys were in the circle, you know, arm in arm praying, just oh, praying, no keep praying. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, that's a cool experience. Yeah. And I'm glad they did. Uh, anyway, so, so that's, that's, so that's kind of it. it um, as I talked, so my, my follow-up though, yeah. with, with uh, my family doc, he said, <clears throat> if people do CPR and they do it right, they always break bones. Really? Like if you do CPR and you can do it right, you have to break bones. Yeah. You got to push. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have, I don't have any broken bones. No, like no broken bones. My ribs didn't break. My, you know, my sternum, like nothing, no, nothing. No bruise. No. No. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, it was kind of surreal. It's a surreal thing. Um, after coming out of it, I remember we went home, we got out of the hospital and my, um, my kids were at my mother-in-law's house sure. in Salt Lake. My, my wife had dropped them off there. Okay. Um, she only lives, you know, probably five miles away from the hospital. Okay. So my wife was able to drop them off and they spent the night there and it, and it was about, you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the afternoon. We went home and we picked up my kids and I just remember sitting on the couch and I'm holding my little baby girl. Two and, years old. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we've, we've got a, my wife took a picture of it and it's a, it's a very vivid picture for me. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know how close I was to losing yeah. her and not seeing her grow up yeah. and not seeing the, you know, my boys grow up. Yeah. And it means a lot to me because growing up, um, you know, I had, my, my parents are divorced okay. and I, I don't have resentment for them, but I, I feel like my perspective as a, as a dad has always been to protect my kids sure, and to, to be there for them and with my wife, because I don't blame my, I don't blame my parents for getting divorced, but I, I wanted my kids to have an experience where, you know, mom and dad are there always. Yeah. Know? And so that's, that's been my motivation in life. Just my kids, you know, be a, a good dad. And I, I fail a lot at that, but, but being there for my kids is one of the most important things for me. And so it means a lot, you know, that I was able to be there with them. That's the last thing on your mind before that all happens. And your last wish before. And, and I remember as I watched the KUTV news report, they said they couldn't find a pulse on you when they found you. Like you, you, you were literally like dead. Mm -hmm. And 
the last, the last thing you think about before you die. And, and my wife says, you got to be careful talking about near death experiences where people actually die. Cause then, my, then when we tell the kids that they think, Oh, they were resurrected. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, but, but the last thing on your brain is your kids and your wife before that. And, and then you, you're able to make it through this. You have some amazing things happen. And there's this surreal moment where you get to hold your two year old daughter. And I'm sure there was some very tender feelings that you felt in that moment. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It was, um, it's weird the the feelings that I had, I mean, you know, for, for that kind of lingered in my brain had nothing to do with, with worldly things. Yeah. It was all uh, eternal perspective yep. type of stuff where it's like, this life is just a blip yeah. and the things that really matter the most are going to carry with us into eternity, I believe. And, uh, I really felt like the things, the worldly things that I worried about, you know, car payments and house payments and jobs and, and stress at jobs and things that I have to get done. None How of clean the house is, the lawn mode and all that stuff, right? Yeah, the, the daily things. The kids fighting, like yeah. none of that mattered at all. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I, I worry about the dumbest things. And here I almost lost all of it. But like that, without any warning. Yeah. Any, I mean, you, you were, you're, Paddle, paddling over to the rapids because you were so so excited yeah, to see one. Go on a ride, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then within a matter of a minute, life could have been darn well over for you. Yeah. 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 Without any warning. Yeah. 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 And it just puts you in this place where all of a sudden you stop and you go, okay. So 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 talk about that time period a little bit. Like after you've come out, you're holding your daughter, you start to think about, you know, what life's all about and and where you're at and and what do you think that's done to change the way you go about things today for you. Um, and, and, and let me say this too, before you, you really get into this, when I met Jake and he told me about you, he told me very little about your, your near death experience. He told me about it, but he's like, he's like, this guy has so much delight. Like he, he is a happy guy. He's a good guy. And he's like, I coach with him. We coach our kids. Like he loves his kids and he's very engaged. Um, and, and, and I just, you know, based on that, and, I, and Jake Fulton's one of the most delightful guys I've ever met in yeah, my life. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we all have our demons, right? But that guy is awesome. He's got to uplift you. And so for him to say that about you, um, I mean, yeah. And, and, and so tell me, tell me after that experience happened, you come, you hold your daughter, you start thinking about life and you're saying some of these things you recognize don't really matter. What, what did it do to really change how you went about your day. Did it change a whole lot for you? Was it more of a mental, spiritual thing than it was like your actual activities throughout the day or, or what happened? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I don't think anything really changed. I think other than I just had this feeling of kind of almost this euphoric feeling of, you know, this doesn't matter. This does not matter. And I remember like shortly after I was thinking I was at my mother-in-law's house and my kids are fighting and I'm thinking like, like, don't they know what just happened? Like yeah. they're fighting, but that's just what, that's just what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Like, that's just how, that's just how we are. Yeah. Um, so, but the, the, for me, the, the most, the most surreal feeling was driving to work. The first time I went back to work was just a few days after this. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, well, I, I've got nothing else to do. I'll just go back. I must die. Here I am going back to I work. Mean, what else? <laughs> going to go do my risk management <laughs> so, job. And I remember driving into work that day and I just thought like, what am I like? Why this does not matter. Yeah. Like the things I worry about really do not matter at all. And, and we put so much emphasis on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it was almost just this thing of like, you know, I, you need to stop worrying about stupid stuff. Yeah. I think it was, for me, it was a gift given to me of saying, look, Jared, you don't need to worry about this. You need to stop, start worrying about the things that matter the most. Yeah. And I feel like I always have, I mean, I, I certainly prioritize my kids more and my family more than, than other things. Sure. Um, but it was just like, look, there's a lot more to eternity yeah. than just this. Yeah. 
and it's certainly important. There's not, it's not that it's not important. And so since this happened, it's, it's almost four, it's been over four years since this happened. Yeah. And I, you know, I fall back and forth into this, this trap of stressing about work and stressing about, you know, life and, and money. And I think like this, this does not matter. There's a lot bigger things out there. And I, I'm so grateful for the, the eternal perspective of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because yeah. I do believe that there is an eternity. I do believe that there is life before death or life before birth and life after death. And, you know, we are here to gain and learn and grow. And I think, so we need to talk about uh, the miraculous nature of what happened. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it was a miracle. I feel like I was protected and blessed, but it's hard for me to understand why. So later that summer, there were two leaders that I know of. Yeah. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. Two leaders that I know of that were on youth trips with their with their wards, and uh, one of them drowned, and one of them died on a youth trek. Yeah. And I, I remember reading that thing. This that's not fair. Like, why did I get why did I get preserved? Right. And and why why did not these other leaders? Sure. It's interesting talking to this guy that the, the the guide that was on the river, on the way back on the boat. He goes he goes, Jared, you don't understand. We weren't even supposed to be here. Today. Yeah. Like we were supposed to know, be on another part of the river. Yeah. We were supposed to leave earlier than what we, we weren't even supposed to be here. Like this yeah. was not our plan. Yeah. And we ended up here. Things change. And so I feel like how, how, why did I get this protection? Why did I get this blessing when so many other, I know there's so many other people that don't. Yeah. And I feel like it was probably more for me than it was for anything else. I, I think that it was, I still have a lot to learn. Sure. And every day I recognize that I still have a lot to learn. Sure. And, and it's probably because I'm so imperfect that God's like, you need, you know, you got to keep go back. You got to go back. You got to keep trying and working. Yeah. And so I, um, well, well, I, well, I call what happened to me miraculous and, and I feel strongly down deep in my soul that the power of the priesthood is what protected me. Sure. That blessing. In, in, in that moment. Yeah. But I know that it doesn't happen for a lot of people that yeah. way. But I, I can't deny that I was protected and that I was blessed and that I, uh, I came out of it. The only reason I came out of it was because Heavenly Father wanted me to come out of yeah. it. Yeah. Does that, does that, so that thinking, that thought process, I'm, I'm with you because I, I, my accident, we talked about this a little bit before, same thing, right? We, we lived through a scooter accident. We had, we had no, um, no one, no, there's no reason that we should live through that accident. In fact, the first guy that showed up thought I was dead and, and sort of the paramedics at first. Um, but, um, I, I remember reading in the news about some people that had passed away of lesser accidents than me and feeling the same way. Let me, let me ask you this. Is there, does that provide some type of motivation for you? Like, is it, is it a gratitude thing? Is it a motivational thing for you? Do you feel like one, one of the songs I love uh, from Tim McGraw, at the very end of the song, he talks about, always, it's always stay humble and kind. And at the very end of the song, he talks about when you get there, turn around and help the next person in line. Like, is, is, is what you went through and knowing that it doesn't happen this way for everybody but some it does. Is it motivation for you in your daily life or does it motivate you somehow? Yeah. I don't think people that know me, I'm sure my kids wouldn't look and say, Oh, well, he was changed greatly. after <laughs> He still, he still gets mad and, and yells at us. Hey, <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be imperfect, right? Yeah. But, but I feel like for me, um, for me, this was another stepping stone in my testimony yeah. and in my, my progression and growth. Yeah. It was another reason why I know that God lives. And I know that, we have a plan that he has a plan for us. It, for me, it was a, another testimony of, Hey, you need to not be such a knothead. Yeah. And so I'm, I certainly am not perfect. I, I'm not nowhere close. I still try and I still fail a lot, but I feel like this has just given me another testimony, just like a lot of other experiences in life that 
um, God is there. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a faith and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be back with my family. Yeah. I'm grateful also for that, you know, additional brick in my foundation yeah. of my testimony. Yeah. Amen to that. So, so it's been four years. Like, like what, is there anything else that happened that kind of the pinnacle or anything else that happened that, that, that you want to share about that or, or how, where, how is it four years later? <clears throat> it just it's surreal that it even happened. Um, I'll, I'll never go river rafting again. <laughs> I, I still want to go fly fishing. I'd still love to to do that. It, it hasn't changed. I, I don't I don't think it's it's not ever present in my mind. Um, and I'm grateful that I don't have to live with this this fear, sure. or, you know, that or this remembrance of the of the uh, of almost dying. Yeah. You know, it's not a it's not a traumatic thing for me. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. I, I I don't know. I just think I just have to keep living my life and, yeah. and doing the best I can. Um, you know, I, I was given a second shot. Yep. And so when I fail, I, I feel like, look, you didn't come here to fail. You, yeah. you weren't brought back here to, to fail. So get up and do it better. Yeah. Do, do it again. Give yourself some grace. It's okay. Yeah. But get back up and do it again. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I was, I, I always, one of the most profound experiences I had was on my mission and I, um, I went to Mongolia. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Cool. It was an awesome mission. Yeah. But Mongolia for about uh, four months out of the year is just totally iced over. Yeah. And so everything is everything's covered in ice because it's so cold there, nothing melts. And uh, you have these Doc Martens, and I think shoes have gotten better than, but the Doc Martens <laughs> freeze. They turn in, oh. they turn into ice skates. You're oh. essentially skating around for five months yes. of the year. They get so cold. Those things do not keep you warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and the rubber soles just when they freeze, so they, they just get it. super hard. Yes. So you're just sliding everywhere. Yes. And one time I was I was with our AP and he was I just what a an amazing person. And I remember, uh, I was having such a hard time. It was middle of winter. It was, you know, minus 30, 40 degrees. Yeah. And, I, and we were walking down this pathway and I'm like, I'm, there's no way I'm staying up on this. This is this downhill kind of slope. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way I'm staying up on this thing. And so I, so I start heading down and I fall down and I'm, and I was so mad and I'm like, I, I just want to quit. Yeah. And he, he came over to me, uh, Spencer Thomas, he came over to me and he said, Jared or elder actually. Elder. It doesn't matter how many times you fall, but how many times you get back yeah. up. And that's, that's stuck with me. Yeah. That I, I continue to fall so many times, even though I've had these amazing experiences. Yeah. And to me, that's the most frustrating thing is that I still continue to have, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I've had these faith promoting experiences sure. and I still fail. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, so, um, on that note, it, it, that's something I think about every day, right? I, you know, I, I woke up from my accident, had, I had some pretty amazing experiences when I was in my coma and when I woke up from my coma and I, same thing as you, I thought, I felt like. I'd been given another opportunity and thank goodness that I have, because if I would have died that day, I was not in a good place. And so for the opportunity to be there was, was pretty miraculous in and of itself for me to have a chance to change my heart and my life. Um, but, but I remember walking, like, as I, as I started to heal, as I started to recognize, um, what had happened to me and just the gratitude that filled my life. And, and a lot of it was because of the vision, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a 27 year old guy now. I'm living back with my mom. I'm broken. I've got a rod in my leg. I'm riding the, I'm riding the public bus and the, and the fast tracks everywhere you, everywhere I go. I can't travel on my own. I can't drive anymore. I mean, all these things where I could be dependent were taken away from me because of this accident. And I, and I don't know if I'll ever get them back. And I'd never, I was never happier in my life because simplicity, mm -hmm. like all the unimportant things went away. And I lived my life through the lens of gratitude. I was so grateful and I just, I wanted to give every person that I looked in the eyes. I remember, I remember standing on the track station. Sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. No, you're good. But I got a question at the end of this. Um, 
is, is I would stand on the, on the tracks or I'd be on the bus. I'd look people in the eyes, not in a weird way, but I'd look people in the eyes, try and connect with them. And, and there are a lot of people that are going through some really hard stuff and you can see it through people's eyes. And I remember I try and look people in the eyes and just smile and let them know, like, you're loved. Like you are so important and you're so valuable. And I hope that you can understand that. And I hope that in some way, me looking at you and smiling at you and just keep it going. You know, I hope that makes you feel good about yourself. And, and, and I just remember being in that moment because my, my lens had changed. And I said, I was looking at things eternally, like you said, Jared. And, but as, as time has gone on, and this is where I'm looping it back around to what you just said, as time has gone on, it's still there, but I have to, I have to work harder to keep it. Like I, I literally, as it tries to run away from me, I have to like rope it back in and slow myself down and remind myself of all these things. And, and so my question for you, and, and, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. I think a lot of people go through these things in their lives that give them a bigger perspective numerous times throughout their life. Have you, have you noticed that happening to you? What, what have you done to try and keep that perspective from this life?